Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you for tuning in. Very excited. The energy is high right now between myself and Yumi Tran, who is the chef, owner, coach, therapist, cheerleader of Indochine Cuisine in Parker, Colorado. Yumi, thank you so much for your energy and for being on the show. You can feel it across the screen. <laughs> I can feel it. Like it's, it's I'm I'm getting going here. I'm pumped okay. up right now. If I didn't have any energy before we started the show, now <laughs> I'm fired up. So Good. I want to tell people a little bit of your background, your story, because I love it. And we talked a little bit about why and who it's so important to me. And it's clearly so important to you. Indochine cuisine, 17 years. That is a lifetime. <laughs> the city of Parker should be giving you the keys to the city. Talk about getting into the restaurant industry and let's get into the 17 years what that has meant for you okay well first of all i always said to people that the decision i made my husband and i made to be in the restaurant industry was like the most stupid decision we ever made in our life and just somehow thank goodness uh, the city of parker have helped make that become the most enjoyable experience we have had so far so uh, my background was in technology consulting I work for Electronic Data System, which is the company that started out by Ross Perot, the Marine guy. So I'm actually pretty much like militaristic in terms of the way I approach the thing. I'm like a drill sergeant in the in the restaurant. And you ask my staff, they would tell you that. I'm like, she's the toughest boss ever. She'd come in and she'd you were telling you to do this, do this, do this. So anyway, but I think that that have helped, right? To create the processes that we needed at the restaurant. So anyway, so I thought the restaurant was really easy because I saw on Food Network, oh my God, they walk around, they look beautiful. So I had my high heel done. I got my custom made dresses so then I can open my restaurant and just stand in front of the hostess desk and looking pretty and greet my customers, you know, because I love people. Well, within about 30 minutes of the grand opening, I having to like get, let go of my high heel and coming into the kitchen and kind of dug in and um, start like, washing dishes, <laughs> cooking. Oh. And people always ask me, like, how come I become now an executive chef? I say, well, first of all, I'm giving myself that title because I think I've deserved it after 17 years. Uh, but I also learned a lot from like my knife skills and everything through oh. YouTube. So wow. <laughs> Ming Tsai, that's one the one that I've learned how to cut bell pepper, the way how he cut the both end and slit in the middle and cut and flatten it out. Uh-huh. And all of my cooks at my restaurant. If you ever hired them, once they leave me, you will know they come from my restaurant because that's the Ming Tsai method. <laughs> How amazing is it for you that Ming Tsai was on the show on Monday? I know. You're on I the show know. on Friday. You are now forever connected with Ming Tsai in another way. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. I loved it too. So, but that's how we did it. And then of course we thought, okay, you know, it's an easy business to go in, let it do fur. 17 years ago, we want to do pho in Parker. I don't really care for pho because I cannot really have MSG. And this is not mental. 
this actually, I get the kind of like intolerance. So I said, I can't know how to cook food without MSG. So let's just buy some restaurants. So we bought over the Thai restaurant called, I don't know what it called now, Jung Thai Pan. That's right, Jung Thai Pan. And wow. then I walked in there and they said there's no energy, you know, in the window. I walked in there, there was like a bucket of water, of sugar, of salt, and another white powdery thing next to it. And then I asked them and they said, oh, yeah, but the customer don't know anything. The white people don't know anything. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to get rid of that. So so for somebody who really don't know how, who don't who don't love to cook. I love to cook, but it takes a long time, you know, to cook good food. Yeah. I had to actually go in and recreate all the sauces and everything. And that's how we end up bottling our sauce. So we have yeah. bottled our sauce selling commercially, retail-wise, for 10 years now. Yeah, what's that What's that brand called? Well, okay, it used to be called Meals and Minutes. And yeah. then I had the brilliant idea of changing it to something South Vietnamese that I can't even pronounce. So <laughs> I'm going to rebrand it again to just say, just you, me. It'd be easy. <laughs> That's People know who I am. Branding just, play. I just it. you me. <laughs> yeah. But it's gone like five different ways, trust me. <laughs> so yeah, but that's, that's how we started. That, and we never know that we're going to be here for 17 years. So we actually have another mm -mm, eight years on our currently. So so that's why when COVID hit, I'm like, oh shoot, eight years. We definitely make this, we need to make this work. <laughs> we need to make this as yes. fun as it was the last 17 years. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, and I want to speak on the 17 years because I was just fascinated in talking about your story of a couple things of how you have seen generations move through that restaurant over 17 years where you saw customers, kids be born and then those kids go to college. Or, you know, when they turn 15, you're like, I always had dishwashers because the family would be like, this is our home away from home. It's time for you to go do your chores, a.k.a. get a job washing dishes. Talk about that dynamic of community, because then I want to talk about COVID and how your community has really rallied around you. But start with that, building that community and seeing families like grow and flourish under your roof. Yes. OK, so we have had kids that we know when they were adopted from China, she came into the restaurant in the little car seat, nine months old. Now she's is going on to senior high school. That's also the kind of kids that we know. We know them before they were born. We know mom and dad when they, she would, before she was pregnant and then she had the kid. And then the kid would come in to eat at the restaurant, know how to use chopsticks and everything, right? And then a lot of our customer who've been with us for 15 years have kids that would walk in, like they literally walk into the kitchen, like not even making any appointment. Uh, Miss Yumi, I need a job. Oh, okay, who are you again? <laughs> but most of the time, we know the kids. And a lot uh -huh. of times the parents want them to work for us. So they would always, you know, poking the kid to say like, okay, Ms. Yumi said, when you're 15, you can start working maybe at the front or maybe do something in the back. But I try to be like about 16, you know, cause they can cut their finger and do all sort of crazy thing. Uh, and then, so, yeah, so now, so then one, they work through it. One of the guy left to go to college and guess what he did? He come back in the summer during his summer, he would work and then he would take his brother in yeah, this boy name is Nick. And then he'd take his brother, Josh, into work. And then Josh would work all the way until Josh now is in college. But guess what now? Josh is in the summer in um, Montana. So Josh is coming back in Parker, stay with his grandparents. So then he would work again next week. And we always make room for our kids. He always says, Miss Yumi, can I come in? And one of the boys we have joined the Air Force, right? He actually trained on survival skills. 
But every time he come home to visit his family last Christmas, he would text me first. He said, I'm be home for nine days. Can I work? And I'm thinking, let me talk to your mother first to see what plan she has for your family. And I'll find out that they have like Cirque du Soleil to go to, you know, on the 19th. And then I said to him, said, you had to go to this one. He said, I know. I said, are you sure you want to work through the whole time? The 24th, the 25th, we're not open the 25th. He goes, yeah, I want to work. So yeah, I schedule him seven days. It's so great. And I just had a plan and they just walked in as though that their business that he walked in and all the new kids are like, who is this guy coming in and bossing, not bossing us around, but saying like, do this, do that. I said, oh yeah, he'd been here four years ago, blah, blah, blah. So uh-huh. it's just so wonderful. I just feel like we have a wonderful, uh, and then no, but I had to drink, tell you a, a really touching um, uh, story. Uh, so my husband got like a heart attack like two years ago. He's like a, the most fitted guy, right? Just that he went visit his family in um, California, San Jose, and then all of a sudden he didn't feel good, you know. And then he went in, and next thing you know, you're gonna have a open heart surgery the next day. Ugh. So I literally had to like leave this place, right, and immediately be there with him. And you know what? The customers would text would send in messages saying, do you want me to come in wash dishes? What can I do? They would walk up to the hostess desk and say, what can we do? We are here, what can we do? And then they of course, beside the fact that asking how my husband doing, how Yumi doing is anything. And I have another business where my two other customers would go down to my basement and help me pack, you know, keep that business running when I was away. That is what I call the most amazing, if anything at all, I mean, all the hard work, cooking, slaving in his kitchen, hot, sweat, you know, all yes. of that, it could, it could never, it was just like, we don't even think about that. We just think about how wonderful we have such a huge family, huge, huge family, like, you know, in the town. That's what we love the most about Indochine. Yumi, <laughs> this, is like, this is so important for people in our industry and people that support our industry to to hear, community is the only thing that matters. The people who we serve, the people in the trenches, they are what matter. And in any moment, and then I wanna get into COVID, but in a moment like that, such a dire moment for your family, so scary, you care nothing about your business at that moment when you're thinking about your husband, your customers, your community (laughs) is caring about your business for you in that moment because you have given so much to them is the only thing that matters. And we forget about that. I've forgotten about it so often that people were lucky to be in our restaurant because somebody wrote about us and our food. Like that doesn't matter. This is what's important. So I'm so glad that you're sharing that story. And now in this time of COVID, you have eight more years on your lease. You mentioned it. (laughs) when you're thinking about like how are we going to stay open when your revenues I'm sure get cut you know hearing people are at like 22% of their normal revenue you can't you can't manage that yet for you you hustle <laughs> you are a hustler you are just out there we're doing this we're doing that we're we're pivoting whatever that means we're going we're, we're connecting with our community I see you doing it why are you finding a way? How are you finding a way? And then again, talk about your people in your community because they are the ones that are helping make it all possible. Yes. And, you know, I tell you the minute, like I, I follow California, New York, when this COVID hit. So I heard from the first 
week of March that what California and New York was doing. So I immediately like send out, you know, a, just a quick Facebook live and say to my customers that, oh, I don't know what the heck is going on, but we're going to get hand sanitizer. So I was able to access to a bunch of them before it got become so like you can't get any. And I said, we're going to distancing the table. I didn't know what all that mean, but then we took table off. <laughs> you know, at that time, there was no instruction of any kind. But because remember, my our background have all been with IT and business technology uh, consulting. So I all then immediately put a hat on by saying, like, okay, what do we need to do? Right. So I don't just think of myself like, okay, my God, oh my God, this thing going to hit us. No, I immediately drive right into action, into project planning, into execution. So we did that. And then I then immediately keep updated. At first, I thought, okay, people are going to be so bored at home if you can't go out. So I'm going to teach you how to cook. So that's why I start a lot of my Facebook live. I teach people how to cook with my sauce, you know, that's that like a meal min meals in minute sauce. Well, I didn't realize that. It was just so hard to get the ingredient at the grocery yeah. store. <laughs> like chicken now is more expensive than eating at my restaurant. That's just crazy. Like $8 a pound for chicken breast. I mean, you might as well just be at the restaurant. So, but I didn't know that before, right? When we first knew that, I thought, oh, okay, that'd be the thing to go. This is how we're gonna sell a lot more sauce to help people. But then of course, the minute I got into it, within a three days, we realized that, oh my God, the supplies are so short. Yeah. That makes no sense. So then we also pivot really quickly. We move all the table to the back. We don't even put the chairs on the table. We did everything. So the front of our restaurant looked really airy, very, very clean. And then yep. we installed the glass divider before King Super or any grocery store put it in there. We put an actual glass divider and look, it looked nice. It doesn't look offending to people. It looked yeah. it could be part of the decoration, you know? And so we immediately pivot. We immediately pivot into like, we've done a lot of good to go already before, like about 22% of our revenue is to go before that already. Like on the weekend, we often have to like shut down to go at 6.30, you know? So we know that we get really good to go, but we didn't really plan on having that replacing our actual revenues. And it has. Because why? The first thing that's happened is that I got every one of our customers come into the restaurant and said, how are you guys doing? I mean... You know, how are you guys doing? You guys doing good? We definitely will make sure we keep you in business. I mean, you know, the minute you have that confidence of your customers, the trust that you do the right thing for them to keep them safe, to keep the staff safe, because the staff was like freaking out, like what the heck happened to the job? I said, no, 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 my job and my husband's job is to make sure to provide job for you guys. Our job is to make sure your livelihood does not get impacted. And that is my focus from day one. How do we make that happen? So therefore, I wasn't paying attention to COVID this, COVID that. I wasn't paying attention to all this negativity, the sadness or anything. I launched right into like, how do I make sure keep my staff safe so that they can work and I don't get sick and then we don't get our customers sick. So we were very focused in terms of that. And then from that on, and I think, the community supported it because they would come in to see how we set up everything with hand sanitizer, disinfectant. They see it with their own head, their own eyes. So they would tell more people. So then we actually get more people coming into the restaurant who never met us before. Just because they said, oh my God, my neighbor said, you guys do that. And these are, and we have masks on way before masks was required. You know, okay, my other business is about a biker thing. Okay, so I have a lot of bandanas at, yeah. at my basement. So I walk around thinking, like, okay, what do we do for math? You know, at that time, it was March 17 or 18. Math was not available. And right. um, 
we didn't know we need to make like a cloth mat either. So yeah, so I brought it in and all my staff looked like ninjas. So we took some picture. It was like, oh, these are ninjas at work. It's just kind of funny thing. So we constantly updating our customers to what we are doing and they responded. And they, but the most important thing is that the kindness of people during this time, we always know that we have probably the kindest customer of all. I always say, like we actually have the world's best customers, <laughs> but best. best, yeah. But through this time, it show. Just not oh. just a feeling that I think I have the best customer. It's a fact that we have the most generous, the kindest, and I, I don't even know how to even describe. If I have, can if I can kiss each of their foot, I would <laughs> to say thank you. You know. I believe you. I so believe you, and. Your community believes you. I am so impressed because this is what it truly takes all the time. And right now people are recognizing if they haven't cultivated this community, they're in deep shit right now, Yumi. And we see it. A lot of our friends and contemporaries are struggling right now because they're now trying to cultivate that community. It's too late. You've too spent late. 17 years cultivating that community and so now when everybody else is struggling and there's so much white noise and people don't know what to do and don't know where to go and where to look they're looking to you for the confidence that they might not be getting from their government they might not be getting from leaders they might not be getting from other businesses they might not even be getting from themselves but they're like where do i look for trust <laughs> and confidence where i've always looked to yumi tran <laughs> restaurant because you guys have been that pillar for them for 17 years. I think it is the most important thing that we can have people listen to. So I'm grateful. I'm fired up right now. And I, you know, <laughs> and you know I will tell you something. And why I'm so fired up. So <laughs> I want to clarify one thing real quick. Yeah. You said 22% of your sales had already been coming from to go. So you're pretty good at to go. And then you said you never thought it would replace your dine in, but it has. Are you saying that you're at the same number, revenue numbers? Yes. year to date as you would have been last year just doing to-go food in april we actually exceeded and passed our last year number by 18 percent and so far in may we are heading into more than last year also by about 20 percent as oh. a matter of fact out to go and i tell you something this to show the kindness of people in parker okay i'll wait now some time on the weekend, especially like about an hour and a half. And we had, and we have trained our staff the minute they pick up the phone to say, I'm so sorry, like about five o'clock. Right now, the wait is about one hour and a half. Would you still want to put in your order? Very few would give us a hard time. Not women give a hard time. They go, oh God, no, no, no. Okay, we're gonna order from you next time. They're being so nice about it. They're not being like, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. When I hear other people say that that customer do that, ours, we, I would say 99.999% our customer would be like, okay, I put in an order. I'll wait. And we were like, are, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, we, and we, we, and we teach our staff, you know, because I care a lot. I mean, like on Facebook Messenger, if anybody say anything at all, I would always write on there. I don't really do Yelp. And this is what I'm going to say. Because Yelp, Yelper for me, really, they don't take an interest and in see how you're successful. Right. Because people who care enough to send you a private message, they know how to reach you. They send it to your email. They send it to your uh, private messenger. That they give you the opportunity 
to let you know, hey, I was there. I loved everything, but today the food was kind of dry, blah, blah. So then you can do something about it. Yes. That's, that's how they help you. That show kindness. People that go on to Yelp and go on to Google, Google, I don't believe that. So therefore, I'm probably one of the restaurants that do really huge volume that have never responded to one single Yelp review. And I said that with proud because I don't want to spend that energy there. I want to spend the energy with people who care enough, right, to tell me so yes. that I can fix it. Give me the opportunity to fix it. As a matter of fact, even a lot of the group, in even in Parker, Parker is so amazing. Like, there's people that just spend their time creating all this local food group or something like that. And I will tell you, I don't really belong to those groups. I know mm. the groups are there, and I know a lot of people talk about Indochine there, good, good stuff. But because I tried to avoid, I tried to stay focused on doing the best we can and touching base people who care enough about us, care enough about their experience to let us know how it was yeah. for them so then we can fix it. You can't really fix it by going on to a group and talk about it. So become like a local Yelper, which, which, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of unconventional in that sense. You know, we do everything with the heart. So we want to only deal with people that we know the comments that come from also from the heart. It's not yeah. to show off that they eat at this restaurant and they did that kind of stuff. Oh, I know my Thai food and that not, none of that. We, we, we don't really want to spend energy on that. And you know what? If anything at all, it's been proven that, that we are quite, we quite popular and we quite successful. But yes. we don't, we don't, we don't, we kind of buck the trend in that thing. I don't respond to Yelp. I think the all. distinction <laughs> is, that you have made it very easy and you made it very evident that it's important for you to have the communication. That's a distinction. Yeah. A lot of those type of platforms came about because people didn't feel like they were being listened to. They didn't feel like they had a place where they could share positive and critical feedback. There wasn't a communication loop. And we're always as humans looking yes. for a channel to communicate with each other, our experiences, our grievances, all of those things. So it made a lot of sense to me. And restaurants needed that a little bit because they needed to also find a way to be held accountable or get yes, information. And they weren't creating their own opportunities. You have created your own channel. It's the Yumi Grand channel and people love that channel. And I always think about, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about being the mayor of your town. Yumi, yeah. you are the mayor <laughs> of Parker. And right now, people are looking to leadership, to somebody who's going to make them feel normal, supported, confident in the interaction. And that's what's playing out right now. That is a very important distinction. Actually, my good friend, Mike Wade, is a mayor of town. And he always yeah. involved in some of my activity, you know, like when we give, yes. grad, uh, like we give a little graduation party for our staff. But we have six seniors are leaving. So when we're wow. doing this little... You know, we give them and their family and their friend, whatever, up to 10 people, social distancing, whatever, in the back of Indochine. Yeah, he comes to every one of them to say, hey, I'm the man. I recognize you graduating <laughs> because the principal wouldn't be there. So, uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. But they are doing a good job in Parker and uh, it's a very supportive community. I, I mean, to be in business during this time, I mean, being Parker is a blessing, really. Yeah. It's just a, it's a really good town to be in. Yes, I mean, and now I'm very fascinated. <laughs> how much of it is Parker and how much of it is just 
you meet Tran. You could probably, <laughs> my guess is you could be in any town, any city, anywhere, and it's going to be the same thing because you're going to bring and inspire that level of connectivity between people, no matter where you are. That is obvious to me. I don't have to, I'm pretty good at reading people. I don't have to be good at reading people to know that that's going to be the situation with you. So I appreciate that. I'm inspired for sure. I now want to talk about something practical because you mentioned your IT background. I know that you have deployed a lot of technology, a lot of processes. You even went, tell us very quickly, you even went somewhere nobody would expect to learn about process. Talk about that for a moment. <laughs> um, you know, um, I'll tell you, so it became a technology. So when Chow now, what long time ago, four, four years and a half ago, before online ordering is even a thing, right? When Chow now, which is like a company that nobody heard about, I literally sign up. And then we have a little tablet so that people can order online. Of course, nobody to order online. They just want to call. And then I had to do so many things. Like I had to be constant contact. I send out email like, hey, we have this now. Please call. So, And I intentionally keep my phone line to just one phone so that we can do the call waiting. You know what I mean? So then when people are like, oh, my God, I was on the phone for like 30 minutes. I said, well, you know, next time order online. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that moved four years ago. Somehow now we do almost half of our volume sometimes through that tablet because they can't get through the phone. So we were able to service our customer and we can actually go on with that tablet and you can tell them like, oh, no, it's going to be two hours. You know what I'm saying? Versus if they call on you and you have to talk to them and then so that and then we actually sign up with GrubHub and DoorDash. But we literally right immediately I said to my staff, we have everything on our phone. So I cut them off at a certain time when they got really busy. I cut off DoorDash. I cut off GrubHub and I make sure I keep their revenue from that third party. I understand they have to get their fee, you know, right? People have to make money. Outrageous. But they need to get their fee. I only want to keep the revenue from them down to like less than 20% so that I know that I still make money. So I don't think of them as an enemy. I look at them as a supplemental to what I need on a slower day, which we haven't had any, but on a slower day, okay, turn them on for the minute we can start, I'll shut them off at 4.30. So, you know, I still have them there as supporting for me as a backup, but not to relying on them because there are many restaurants right now. I know they're bitter about DoorDash and Grubhub and all those guys because 90% of their business come from these service providers. They took up to 20-some percent. That's your profit, right? Oh. Yeah, and then, of course, we, you know, we double down on our marketing. I literally still have keep the same Facebook ad marketing team, still continue to send out because we want things to be as normal as possible. Mm -hmm. And our yeah. messaging, not about COVID, COVID, COVID. We don't talk about that. We talk about, hey, how about by one, one, three, I established this grab and go <laughs> fridge. Saw that. Yeah. And then now I actually have my own little group called Just You, Me Food Group. So then I can tell my, 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 my fan who have been eating this food now for, I don't know, 17 years, probably got so sick of it. Another light, another into what I like to eat that we don't offer at the restaurant because it's just not scalable. So now mm -hmm. I have another group that I'm doing. So it's all day something that we could have fun. And I try to make my messages fun. You know, in addition, like we're going to be doing live about how we're going to be opening up. We're already talking about what we're going to be building out in terms of divider that make it look artsy, artistically done. Yep. All of that, 
you know, so so I like to be able to walk my customer, my friend through the thinking that we're going. We have a 60-day plan of when we know we're going to be reopened. Are we reopening right away? Not really. But this is our plan to get us there and why we are doing things step by step by step. So that's what we're doing, you know. But to keep things a lot more positive, I don't like to say, oh, my God, you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill somebody. I, I, I that not my, I wear masks all day. Our staff got custom made masks, like Bronco, Avalanche, whatever. And then, yeah. yeah, so we make it fun. Every day I come in and I be dribbling out masks. <laughs> so now they all have like three or four or five. So we make that become fun. And I and I post my face with masks all the time. It become a fashion. You know, yeah. so like, I'm like, my God, why are you wearing masks like a freedom? Well, I'm, I'm not dogging anybody, but I'm just saying like, make, take the opportunity and do something fun with it. Like now I just bling out my mask, you know, just wearing masks is, trust me, in the kitchen, you know, it's really hard. I can't breathe. Yesterday, I thought I'm going to faint. <laughs> so hot and so busy. But you know what? I thought, oh, tonight I'm going to come home and I'm bling out my mask, you know? So. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're going we're gonna to wrap up here in a second and I'll get your playlist. Uh, but you got to tell people about <laughs> you going and working at Panda Express. I thought it was the best thing I've ever heard. Okay, first of all, I don't have any playlists. If you, if you, uh, I listen to all the air supply all day. If you ever walk into Indochine, yeah, you, you see air supply and journey all the time. I have not moved away from the 80s. So, okay, I'm stuck there. Okay. And um, so I don't actually read many books because I actually don't have time. I actually just kind of, you know, helping people uh, do some other thing. You know, I, I, I mentor a lot of people, different, yeah. different kind of businesses online. So I do that uh, for free. So, and then, yes, uh, about nine years ago, eight years ago, I applied at Panda Express when I actually were owning my restaurant, of course. By then, I already owned by eight years already because I wanted to learn their process. I want to know how they cut those darn bell peppers so neat, square, you know, and how they line them up. And then I also want to learn their processes. So I went in, applied, gone through three different interviews and got accepted and they asked me what panda express i want to work at and i said oh as far away as parker as i can so they <laughs> sent me over <laughs> near like in hamden and whatever over there near highland ranch area and i worked for like about a month and i learned how they measure everything i have gained so much respect for the business processes so i implement exact process at indochine almost within two to t and um, that i think have carried us and make our food consistency it have consistent safe food cost because they weighted your bell pepper 50 pounds they don't weigh what the end result they weight the waste i've learned that and i've learned how to wipe things down all the time keep everything neat so that was um, that was what I actually did to <laughs> to to improve my skill set as a restaurant owner. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. We get so caught up in our own little bubble. And you said, you know what? I have a restaurant. It's doing pretty good. It's successful. But I know that there's more. And you dug into kind of your process-minded background, and you you swallowed your pride. You're like, I'm the owner of a restaurant. Like you have made it, you are a successful business entrepreneur and you have the humility to go and work at fucking Panda Express like you and me. And when they told me first with like, as a manager in training, as opposed to by clean the toilet, I was just like about, I had phobia with toilet. And that was a long, long story from that. But I said, okay, all right. Because you know, in machine, we don't have, we have we have maintenance crew that do our toilet. Our, our, our bathroom out in the hall that we own. So our staff don't even have to deal with toilet cleaning. 
oh, our staff don't even know how spoiled they are, really. Nobody had to. And when they told me to go and do that, I'm like, holy, okay. <laughs> but I did it. I did it. You did it. You yeah. did it. This is so important. Everybody watching, share this with any other person who is an owner of a restaurant, an operator of a restaurant, is thinking about getting into the restaurant business. They're a little bit crazy. This. Everything that you may just said, this is the roadmap, the model to be successful in this business. Full stop, the end. This is it. You're going to have personal decisions therein, but the humility that you just showed, the gumption, the way that you think about process and people in equal measure and importance, the way that you're cultivating community, the way that you communicate, it's all of the things. All right. I am not surprised. And your energy is through the roof. I love it. I am so inspired by this conversation. I am so grateful that we connected and got to have this conversation. Thank you I for will having me. Very closely. And now I have to get my ass down to Parker because <laughs> I want to get food out of that, that grab and go just to support the work that you're doing. And I'm way up in Westminster, but this is why people will go and be a part of your community because it's infectious. The kind of infectious that we need right now is your positive energy outlook and your hustle, Yumi. Thank you for being on the thank show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Isn't it? All right. You got, you got work to do. Go yeah. hustle. I'll talk thank to you, you later. Take care. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. I don't even, I don't, there's nothing for me to say. She said it all. I hope that people watching right now, you share this and tag anybody who needs to hear this from just a motivation and positivity standpoint, from somebody who's in the restaurant right now, they're going, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, how do we push through this? It seems impossible. Here's the thing though. She has spent 17 years cultivating that community and that is showing. If you feel like you don't have that right now, today, right now is a moment to go and start investing in your people, investing in your community, because that is the only thing that matters. We didn't talk about the food that she serves. We talked about who she is, who she serves, who's in the trenches, why she is so motivated, because it's her responsibility to make sure that the livelihood of her staff is never affected by this. She's winning. She's up, she's up 18%. You know, and it makes sense for me, pizza in certain categories being obvious for us, you know, like Thai with a little bit of fusion is not necessarily the, the brand that I think of being like, yep, obviously they would be up in this time when other people are down. This, this is so important. You all now know who Yumi Tran is and you are lucky and I am luckier and better for it. Wow. God, I love talking to our industry. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.